and welcome to the WIFT podcast. This is Vanessa Gilday, Vice Chair of Women in Film and Television Ireland. We hosted a panel event called Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Crowdfunding with guest producers Aoife Kelleher, Catherine Kennedy, producer-director Frankie Fenton. This event was chaired by Katie Holly of Blinder Films. Hi everyone, <laughs> I'm joined by a really um, wonderful panel for a look at crowdfunding, all things crowdfunding. Um, I'm Katie Holly, so I'm one of the founding uh, members of the Irish branch of Women in Film and Television Ireland. Um, I also run a managing director of a production company called Blinder Film. <coughs> so we've been going since 2006 and um, do a range of things, both um, television, like TV, comedy, um, such as The Savage Eye and Irish Pictorial Weekly, and then also do a lot of feature films. So everything from our first feature, which was 100 Mornings, to um, The Queen of Ireland, which is currently in cinemas. And I would be a terrible producer if I didn't say, also right now on DVD. <laughs> um, so, and um, and our first crowdfunding experience was actually with um, The Queen of Ireland, and Aoife is our campaign manager and assistant producer on the film. So she will speak a little bit about that. Um, Aoife, do you want to tell us a bit about your background? Uh, sure, I graduated from the National Film School back in 2012, majored in producing, minored in documentary. I always knew I was going to end up working in TV and film some way, thankfully got my break with Blinder Films about three years ago, started interning, and now I work there full-time as office manager, and I also look be across production and some research. So that's my background. Mm-hmm. Great. And um, then beside Aoife, we have Catherine Kennedy. <laughs> um, Catherine is uh, Bingham Ray New Talent Award oh, last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Also amazing, uh, very passionate uh, producer. Um, uh, the film My Name is Emily, which is coming out. Um, hopefully, we were just talking about that today. Hopefully next April, maybe. But we're still figuring out our, our strategy for it. And I've got a terrible cold, so I'm sorry if I sound a bit nasal, mm-hmm. <laughs> blocked up. So I have my company, Kennedy Films, since uh, the end of 2012, and I set it up to do a short film called Just Saying, which um, went viral at that Christmas. And actually, I primarily set it up to do My Name is Emily, and Just Saying was just the first short film. I met Simon in uh, June of 2012. So My Name is Emily is my first feature film, and I've, I've got a couple of documentaries and a sci-fi and, and a couple of things in development. So, so that's me, really, just on my own in my company. <laughs> um, and also on the panel is Frankie Fenton. We've known each other since we were, how young? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> both from the same town in County. Yeah, Lake, that's right. Um, and Frankie's also a well producer and director. That's right. For film and TV. Yep. Um, so I started off. Uh, I did a master's in film at DCU many years ago, and then moved directly to London, and I worked in a uh, post-production house called the Farm Group for about six years before I left, and then I uh, left to become a film director. And in that kind of two years or three years I was in London, uh, not working in post, I came across crowdfunding and met a few kind of different people that really sparked my interest about the whole thing. Namely, um, a woman called Franny Armstrong, who uh, made a film called The Age of Stupid. Age of Stupid, yeah. Uh, She's got a a production company there called uh, Spanner Films with Lizzie Gillette. And they could possibly be the, they're often kind of said to be the, 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 the main people who started off this kind of crowdfunding craze. Although crowdfunding has been around for a very long time, they did it way before Kickstarter or Indiegogo or anything like that. But they did it quite differently. They, I think they raised something like £950,000 in um, something like two weeks. With, Holy crap. With, I didn't know with, that. Um, something with Pete Postlewaite. Like that's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pete Postlewaite came on board quite late, actually. And uh, it was a film about climate change. Yeah. Uh, it was quite really, really successful, but it's really notable for for its crowdfunding. Uh, it did it privately. It wasn't done on the internet so much. So they got very, very rich people who knew very, very rich people and got them into a room and did this kind of uh, auction type thing where they kind of sell off parts uh, of the film for certain amounts and wow. kind of got a few friends to outbid other people <laughs> and did a little bit of husky, but they did it and they made an awful lot of money very quickly. So that was that's one person I'd really kind of look out for, kind of if you want to find out more about Franny Armstrong. And then another person um, I saw was a guy called John Reese, uh, or E I S S, who's from um, California. I think he's he went to school in Berkeley. I saw him in Sheffield Documentary Festival about four years ago, and he talks about a hundred miles an hour 
and everything he says <laughs> is a, a really good nugget of information he has. It's just a, a incredible, like, he's, a, he's the guru. Yeah. And um, I really recommend you guys find out about it. He has a book called uh, Think Outside the Box Office. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is um, really good read, and I think you can buy it online. There's absolutely, it's a PDF for that as well too. Yeah. So that's kind of where how I got into it. Cool. So obviously the big lesson there is any producer, all you need to be successful is to know some really rich people. Yeah. 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 To start from there. Um, So well, I guess we've kind of heard your your history of how you came to know about crowdfunding. Mm. What about you, Catherine? Had you had any experience before? Um, How did I come across crowdfunding? I I kind of just um, it it had been. you know people have been I've seen a few kind of smaller uh, projects 10 grand or so or you know on Facebook and things like that um, but I was kind of uh, when I started into my name is Emily um, and working with Simon I don't know if you know Simon Fitzmaurice he um, has motor neuron disease and he um, wrote and directed my name is Emily by just using his eyes and an eye gaze computer so uh, uh, I love the script first of all I just want to make that clear <laughs> but uh, when I met Simon I was just really inspired by him and thought what an amazing perspective uh, from someone who's lost so much uh, you're not going to get a voice like that every day so um, I started kind of blogging about him on my Facebook page and just kind of noticed that people really um, like liked I suppose is the word liked my posts and kind of responded to it and so when it came to the point in the film the, the overall film budget um was two million and we had this gap. Uh, I'm probably talking a mile a minute here. I'm like, no, you're I'll bring you back. Skipping over uh, probably more important details, but uh, so yeah, we had a gap of two hundred thousand. And um, with film, you can kind of say, okay, we've missed all our funding now for this year. We're going to have to put it to bed for maybe wait till next year, and it can take three or four or five <coughs> years to f- finish financing a film. But with Simon and his condition, we didn't even really know if he was going to be alive the following year to be just very blunt about it um so we um we just yeah we saw crowdfunding as a way that could potentially and also uh, because people had responded so well to the story of simon and you know his newspaper articles in the irish times always got reposted and blogged and everything so um so yeah it seemed like a natural sort of thing to do so for you it was it later so you didn't necessarily start out as one of the early ideas for your financing that you were thinking you were going to do crowdfunding it was more later when you were like okay this is our final plan and we know we've got this gap to fill yeah and like I I, my first short film that I did did through the company just saying went viral so quickly that Christmas it really showed me the power of the internet if you can hook into some sort of zeitgeist or get people uh, attached to your um, idea or whatever you're trying to do it can really spread so quickly so um yeah it was kind of felt like there's a huge platform out there really un- underexplored and so yeah I was kind of excited to see what what could bring as well yeah yeah and what about you Aoife did you have any other previous experience um yeah actually at college level I had run two very small crowdfunds I think one of them was 1500 and the other one maybe 2000 euro um, but they were very very small projects so it was much more of a place for our family and friends to go online and donate towards our crowd films um, but the, crowd, the Queen of Ireland was certainly my first experience with a crowdfund of that level. Our target was €50,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came on board our campaign, I think, about two months before the launch. Yeah. And that was my real first-hand experience of getting to know the crowdfund mo- model, what it made, what it, what it meant for your film. I think with us, we had kind of wanted to experiment with crowdfunding before. And I think the Queen of Ireland was a perfect project to do that given the year that was in it for Panty last year with her noble call going viral back in February. We launched in August. Now, the momentum wasn't still quite there for the whole Panty Gate story, but certainly the momentum was still there for the issues surrounding LGBT equality and with the marriage referendum coming up. I think we just felt that this project was really perfect to experiment with crowdfunding for the first time <laughs> as a company. Um, and more so than that, it was also considering the type of documentary it would be. We knew that it meant for us we would have an active online fan base already for the film. Um, mm. So yeah, that was my real first experience. Yeah, because I think that's, project. I remember my eyes were opened, like when the, we're really privileged in many ways in Ireland, I think in terms of the funding systems and opportunities that we have, it can be hard to access, but if you get them, it's actually a really amazing support that you have for your films. Mm-hmm. Like the first film, which actually Connor Horgan, who's the director of Queen of Ireland, it was also his first feature, which was um, One Hundred Mornings, was a catalyst made under the catalyst scheme. So that was fully financed, basically, between 
uh, the Irish Film Board mainly and the um, and Film Base. And we went, the first festival we went to was Slam Dance, which is this kind of like indie guerrilla f- um, festival, which happens at the same time as Sundance every year, and went there and all the other filmmakers were, I mean, they were all American films actually, apart from ours, um, really low budget, and they were all done like, there was no public funding available like they all just kind of did them themselves it was like raising money or you know putting in their own money or Mm -hmm. you know some kind of early kinds of of crowdfunding and I guess um and then that that kind of piqued my interest as well and going to panels at different Mm -hmm. festivals and and actually thinking about it and going it's such an amazing way because one of the big one of the other big challenges I think whenever you're making a film is actually accessing your audience it's like mm-hmm. finding people and getting people to yeah. go and mm-hmm. see it and and I, I started kind of researching and thinking about uh, crowdfunding and was always really keen to find something to do it on and would have you know looked at um, other successful you know whether they're festivals or films or you know different things that have kind of used crowdfunding really well and thought that the Queen of Ireland would definitely be a really mm-hmm. strong one to to um mm-hmm to experiment on I suppose in a way because it particularly it was issue driven mm-hmm. documentaries often tend to um, to do quite well um, as well and so that we knew that there would be kind of a niche that we could you know tap into and go after and I suppose Frankie it might be similar a way with the subject of the good reaction like, you want to tell people a little bit about the film yeah so I may I am making <laughs> <laughs> still making a film um, uh, called the good reactor and it's um it's about the climate crisis, I guess, and uh, the energy crisis. And uh, I came across this different type of nuclear energy called thorium um, that an awful lot of people in the United States uh, thought is the way forward that we're, is going to save us in the future. Mm. And uh, I just thought it was kind of an interesting subject and kind of uh, it, the facts that I learned that these people were telling me were insane. They were like, this is a type of nuclear energy that is, isn't harmful and it doesn't make nuclear bombs and it was made before the other type of nuclear energy and it was like what i did I, like how do we not all know about this and mm-hmm. so um this kind of just kind of blends into exactly what you're saying it's, it really does help to have an issue driven kind of subject but it's not entirely necessary mm-hmm. there's an awful lot of things in crowdfunding you can do that are have nothing to do with like something that's socially good or whatever i mean mm-hmm. I think the highest uh, Kickstarter movie was Kung Kung Fury, which is like this eighties kind of um, nostalgia, nostalgia kind yeah. of fanboy, uh, like, yeah, fanboy <laughs> comedy, and uh, which is brilliant. But again, it has a kind of a niche, but it certainly helps to have something that's kind of issue driven. Mm-hmm. So um, I, the other thing that really really helped was the fact that I'd been filming this for about four years by myself on my Todd, and uh, well, along with my with my partner Crime Des Kelleher. And uh, so we had an awful lot of kind of footage. We built up an awful lot of people in the world of thorium and nuclear energy. We'd gone over to the States a couple of times. These guys kind of saw that we were kind of for them, in a certain, so, so to speak. We'd gone around and talked to a lot of anti-nuclear people. And so there was an awful lot of people behind the project before we even kind of considered doing crowdfunding at all, you know. Mm-hmm. So that kind of really, I, I would recommend, if you're going to do something crowdfunding style, mm. have something with sustenance before you go anywhere near because there's nothing worse than Mary in front of a wall going I have a great idea and you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean yeah. I think this could be great don't you and you're like I do Mary but like you've got, <laughs> yeah. you've gotten out you yeah. know <laughs> so yeah so if you've got like you know if you've got the editor that you're going to use to do your freebie beforehand to make it look like a real proper trailer something that's kind of that would that has an end in sight yeah you're far more likely going to put in that 20 quid or that like 50 quid to something that actually has something that it's like, actually you know, going to get finished it's actually going to get finished <laughs> with yes. help from the film board <laughs> um, um, yeah no I think that's I think that's a really good point we we did a pitch video and then looked at it and it was like that's horrible and then went back and like did the pitch video again um yeah. oh it was it's actually awful. it was our sound was yeah. completely yeah. yeah so we were like we don't look like professionals like a good. or something yeah but yeah yeah so it's really really important well let's talk a little bit about maybe um and you can talk about both the both choosing the the, the platform that you did because obviously there's different ones there's kickstarter there's mm-hmm. indiegogo there's funded in ireland yeah so what your thought process was around that and then maybe also the kind of the planning or thinking around how you would present your pitch mm. do you want to talk first Catherine? sure <laughs> <laughs> um so i guess um 
yeah, we had a gap of 200,000 and we wanted to be really transparent about that because essentially you're asking people who's part of their paycheck and their tax goes to the state, like to the Irish Film Board, uh, state funded body. So you're asking them to dip into their pockets again and give you more money for films. So we, we had the Irish Film Board on board our project. So uh, we wanted to let everyone know it's two million budget and there's a 200,000 gap. So that's hard in itself to even explain to people, you know. And then also we had the thing of Simon. Um, so Simon did the extraordinary thing of writing and direct or wanting to direct a film with his eyes. And he's an amazing individual. But um, people wouldn't just want to finance a film just by this amazing guy. They'd want to know that he's talented and everything. So we were lucky that we had his um, award-winning short films as a kind of uh, examples of his work. And he had a, a following, I think, of sorts of people who followed his articles in, in the Irish Times. So he himself had a bit of a profile. Um, and so we, yeah, with the pitch then, it was kind of like, how do we tell people that we're making a film about a teenage girl who's going on a road trip across Ireland uh, with a guy she falls in love with and tell them that it's going to be about Simon and tell them that it's 200 grand as part of a 2 million budget all in the first 30 seconds before <laughs> people's click, you know, it's the next thing. So, um, yeah, so if, I, I don't know, our, we did a couple of promos, like, and it was actually all on a lot of goodwill. Um, we and like and that's part of actually I had notes to tell you about real costs you know in terms yeah. of your final funding campaigns which you probably come back to later on but uh you know 500 quid to do a promo which was like shooting and editing with one person who had their own camera and who could edit it for us and um so and the first one we did the two producers myself and Leslie were t- talking to camera and it's so embarrassing you know <laughs> like to try and pitch it and everything so this, the, we edited it again and just cut ourselves out of it eventually um, <laughs> but uh so and that's also part of again probably talk about it later on but just when you're staging your your promos throughout your campaign and and the editing that you you you'll have to re- refresh your message all the time but so yeah so we had to kind of we had that little bit of a struggle but ultimately we went with um where is the heart of our pitch really and i think that's what really speaks to people the most is uh honesty and uh, I suppose integrity and like uh, Frankie says you know you're standing there with the, against a white wall asking people to give you money like what are they going to buy into are they you know who are you to them and what what are you standing for and I think um, w- one of the things that really helped on my Facebook campaign was the fact that I had just genuinely been talking about Simon and working with them and people knew that I was for real about it and um, and then uh, just Simon's story itself was just so heartfelt and he had a family and a wife and he just really was so passionate about filmmaking that I think people saw that it wasn't a bullshit kind of spin <laughs> so so yeah it's kind of that's how we did it yeah. <laughs> what about you Aoife? Um, well, the Queen of Ireland, quite like yourself, Frankie, we had been filming for, I think, nearly four years before we ever came around to crowdfunding. So it was very much a labour of love for the whole team. Um, and I think one of the angles we took to our pitch was that either way this film was going to get made, it was hopefully going to eventually get to screen either way, but this was about really making it the best film possible. And we tried to be really transparent about where the money was going to go and that mm. way so it would be towards the best archive possible. We could have got some archive, but this gave us more money to really reach out there. And it was the same with music licenses or post-production costs or extra personnel, whatever it might have been. We were really transparent about that, as in we were going to make the film, but this was really helping us to make it the best film possible. Um, and just to go back to the platform that we chose oh, yeah. for us, it, oh, there yeah. was there was a couple of different ones out there, as we said, Fund It's Great and Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Um, but because we felt quite ambitious about the €50,000 target we had set ourselves, I think that was one of the deal breakers for us, that on Indiegogo, regardless if you make your target or not, you do keep, mm. get to keep the funds. If you don't reach your target, they'll take a bigger percentage of your fees. If you reach your target, they take, I think it's 4%. Mm-hmm. If you do, a 9% if you don't. Whereas with Kickstarter... <laughs> Yeah, like you, you don't get it. You don't, you get, don't squat. get it unless you reach your target at all. Mm. That's mm. true. There, there's definitely uh, pros and cons, mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of people get scared <laughs> of doing the Kickstarter thing because whoa. What if like, you get, end up with nothing? Mm-hmm. For sure, absolutely. I've heard so many stories of people mm. who've been running campaigns; they've ended up putting money in themselves. Oh, oh yes. yeah, because yeah. that's I mean, the only way I to mean, hit their target. Yeah. I mean, that's they're, it. You're losing whatever percentage yeah. on that money, so it's pain. You know, it, could be the, it, it can get a little sticky. You know, the higher you go the stickier it can get. You know, if you've gone for 80 grand and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you've got to 70 and it's four hours beforehand and you're like, you will go into the bank and you'll be, <laughs> yeah. I'm guaranteed this money, but like, uh. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, we asked, I think, uh, what 
did we ask for? It was forty thousand pounds. And you know, as a kind of a first time filmmaker, I was like forty thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a huge yeah. amount for you know. I was like five thousand, and Des was like, "Come on, have some balls." <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. And um, I'm so glad we did, because um, it it is a it is a huge amount of money. But nothing if you if you're getting today twenty eight, nothing is going to stop you from getting that last little. It, the pressure is on. And uh, you are under pressure to make a little bit more money. Whereas if you've got 45 days, you're a little bit more relaxed. You can send a few emails yeah, the next well, day. <laughs> so, so you say. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, but like, a, a complacency really drives through it. And I think yeah. like it could, this kind of leads on to, to something that's really, really, really important. I just said, I mean, doing a campaign like this is really, if you've made a, a film or featured in a film, it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same amount of time and pressure you're putting into it if you've been on set in the day where you're up at five o'clock and you're there for like 14 hours that's what you should expect to be doing for your crowdfunding because mm -hmm. it was myself and des really alone and we had kind of one or two friends that would come in and out but really it's just you and uh so so really my biggest piece of advice to anyone who's considering it is to put as much time like if you got seven months put seven months of planning into it because mm -hmm. like there is so much planning you can do and like we wouldn't have time right now to go through it all but it's um it's all to do with building up your contacts knowing uh knowing that you've got people who are going to put money in at certain stages of your campaign yeah so you want to start off good so timing is everything i'm kind of going off on a little one no, here. It's cool. so like so so um yeah just stop me if i'm going off on one like the biggest one for me was timing my mom used to say to me timing is everything is so true because mm -hmm. We started off, I think, on a on a Thursday night at eleven o'clock is when we launched, and that was done really purposefully because eleven o'clock in Ireland is three o'clock in San Francisco, and people give more money. This sounds a bit weird. It was a study done in two thousand eleven by uh, by the Academy of Sciences in LA in two thousand eleven of a thousand judges in Israel mm -hmm. about how harsh their their during the judgments during the day. So how serious the uh, how uh, bad their their judgments would be uh, in the morning time, in the afternoon, or at night time. After they've had their cup of tea. Yes. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so the the harsher they were right before lunch and right at the end of the mm -hmm. day. I know this sounds a bit weird, but just after lunch is when judges are most lenient. And it's the same when people are buying stuff on the internet. It's exactly the same. People just buy more stuff when they've just had their lunch. And so if you can kind of start, that was done purposefully. We, I knew that there was five or six people in, L, or in LA or in America that were, was going to put like 1,000 in each. Mm -hmm. So that by the time Friday morning began in Ireland, I had, when I was going to launch it to my friends and to all the people who had set up in Ireland, there was seven, six, six, seven thousand quid in the bank. So it kind of looked, oh my God, this is actually kicking off. Mm -hmm. And so your friends are far more likely to go actually and throw money into something that is kind of working. There's a bit of buzz behind and it mm -hmm. looks something that's exciting. So that that's really, really important. And then mm -hmm. because we had a 30 day thing from Kickstarter, you have to have for every kind of three or four days, you need to know that you're going to go on a low. That's exactly, you, you get money and it goes, it just nobody gives money mm. all of a sudden so you have to have something backing up that up mm -hmm. and that backup has to be a journalist who you've talked to to like two months previous that you've gotten excited about this a journalist either in america or in ireland and you need to so time zones become suddenly important mm. somebody in australia is interested in your in your product or for whatever reason you need to to be able to know what time at what day of the week they're coming mm. in the other thing is that at, at the end of that 30 days you want to know exactly when your, your your project is finishing. So my project was finishing at the end of a Friday, like six o'clock on a Friday in Ireland. And again, totally on purpose. So that like, you know, there's a run up to the end and it totally worked, you know, on Wednesday or Thursday, it's like, oh my God, people are feeling it at work. You know, you've you've been blasting these emails for so long. People will be just getting so tired of getting emails all the time. But then they're like, oh, they've only got fucking four days to make it. Like, you know, and then they, you know, a, there is a little bit of a run like yeah. that. Yeah. So timing and, um, uh, is, uh, and, and actually kind of those little, those, the, the, the little humps that you're expecting. Mm -hmm. So having your, setting out your campaign in stages, let's say six stages, like mm. every five days you got like, like a certain amount of things and a, and a certain journalist in a certain kind of place um 
I think. I yeah. Could, well, yeah. Well, so how long, just to mm. ask, and then I'll go on to Catherine Leifa. So how long before you launched, like when did you decide you were going to do a crowdfunding campaign and how long did you have between then and actually launching it? And then, yeah. and the other question is, from when you launched it, you said it was you and Des. Mm. Was it effectively a full-time job for the two of you for those whole 30 days? And and how much before that was it also? Yeah, like, a job? like three months beforehand, yeah. we had planned to, to implement it. And something really bonkers happened. My mom died, like, just about two weeks before we went to launch, and it was absolutely bonkers in the mental. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. I think that's kind of what half drove me into insanity. I think that's why I was able to work, because I was just... Jesus Christ. Mm, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um which is a really, really weird I don't recommend having your mom die or killing her parents. <laughs> you didn't kill his mom. <laughs> but um so yeah, it was three months and then we, we, we had to go because we had certain people who were willing to give money and you can't let people go mm-hmm. cold. Mm-hmm. No. But uh, so that was that was really uh, on purpose and sorry, just just a slightly off the point. Mm-hmm. The, the the biggest um kind of thing that we had in our mind was to use reddit i don't know if you guys know reddit or know what reddit is but uh reddit if you don't know what it is you should it's like the ninth largest website in the world it's massive it's mainly it's an american site and how it works is if something's good you hit up and if you don't like it you hit down and um it's got it's got a front page it advertises itself as the front page of the internet and um it's got thousands and thousands of subreddits so like if you like knitting it's got a subreddit for it. But if you like Torium or something weird like that, there's also a subreddit for it. There's a page for that where people are liking things and not liking things. So whatever it is your project is, you can guarantee that Reddit has a subreddit for it. And so getting onto Reddit was something that we really consciously thought about because it ended up being a huge monster. Mm. We, uh, I had, like I said, a journalist set up mm-hmm. in, in journal.ie at one particular point. We set that over to, to Reddit and that kind of worked. But then after kind of a five day hump, I had somebody in RTE who picked up in the story that there was a certain amount of money. We've made like 15 grand. And we knew that that was newsworthy at that point and that that's why we'd use that journalist then. Yeah. So then um, when the RTE guy, uh, when we had that article in RTE, we were able to put that up on Reddit and that just that went to the front page. And that week we had 250,000 hits on an RTE page, which was the highest of the entire year for RTE for any story. Our little mm-hmm. Kickstarter thing was, well, we were like blown away. This is incredible. But what that meant was uh, we were able to do a, what's called a Reddit AMA, which is an ask me anything. And uh, so it's basically like a Q&A online. And uh, we did that. And in that time that we had, we had something like 30,000 hits and um we made 15 grand in six hours and it was just boom like injection like and then from there on in the fact that it was on reddit it gets like passed around yeah for yeah reposted reposted and shared and gets put into other subreddits Mm -hmm. so um that was a really powerful tool to to use. Sorry, I went off point. No, it's not. Um, and so, what about you, Catherine? Because two hundred thousand is a really ambitious target. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you go about deciding on your platform? And I think maybe what also would be interesting is um, talking about what you raised through the platform and oh, then yeah. outside yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to uh, tap into people internationally, obviously, because 200 grand, we thought it would be um, too hard to raise all of that out of Ireland. But actually, it ended up it predominantly was just raised out of Ireland. Our, and we, we hit 120,000 um, after the 30 days. So we didn't hit our target. But um, we were looking at Kickstarter and decided it would be too heartbreaking if because we knew 200 grand was um, ambitious. And everyone was advising us. And Frankie actually advised our co- the strategy for our campaign. Um, uh, everyone is advising us to kind of go for 50 grand and and uh, see what happened but we really just felt strongly about that integrity of keeping so people knew that so there'd be no That's questions kind of halfway through that oh wait a second it's a two million budget and what are you talking about and all that stuff <laughs> so um we uh, yeah so indiegogo seemed like not only um were they uh, kind of an international platform but they had followers and they had a similar setup to kickstarter where people checked in and looked at what they were up to so like it would have been great to go with an irish uh, funding platform like fund it you know and support that but they just hadn't had that kind of level of funding so we just didn't want to to to, yeah risk it exactly so we went to indiegogo and um what was the second part of your question well so that you because you raised a certain amount of money on the platform oh yeah you also get donations yes yes so we um like frankie kind of we decided we were going to do a crowdfunding campaign in 
July and then we decided we we're going to launch it in November in the lead up to Christmas um, and tap in into that goodwill hopefully which is also could have been risky because people were saving money before Christmas mm. but uh, we decided and also because we didn't want it to go into the following year um, in terms of financing the film in, in its entirety so um, we we had our distributors, our Irish distributors on board, and actually uh, crowdfunding is something that's sort of um, difficult for distributors to get their heads around because you're putting your unique story out there uh, before your film is even released. So your story is all you really have when the film goes to the cinemas and to get people into cinemas. So if you're getting the Irish Times and Ray Darcy and everybody talking about it, like they, they'll all be tired of it by potentially when the film is out. So we had a, a lot of conversations about that, but we figured that it was worth the risk, um, particularly considering Simon and the film and all of that so we um yeah we started we, we did a lot of what frankie did and contacted journalists and a uh, few celebrities and that was one of our big things was to get kind of celebrity endorsements and see if we could get quotes from people and um, because i think there's another crowdfunding campaign called showrunners done by john wallace right, yeah. that raised eighty thousand dollars and it was done out of the states and that was all about the television showrunners and having celebrities attached to that did really well for them so um our first day was launching on the Ray Darcy show and uh, we'd done all that build up to it and everything and once he started talking about it, he did an interview with Simon and his wife which was really powerful, the, the donations started to flood in and the whole site crashed and like it was horrific yeah. um, because what the things we didn't consider were that um, Indiegogo is US based so their support services weren't awake yet um, and also because we were in Ireland they had to pay via PayPal they couldn't go any other way so you have women who were at home or grandmothers or grandfathers or whoever uh, who were listening to the radio and never use PayPal all of a sudden having to set up a PayPal account and mm. you know trying to figure their way around that so we ended up getting these reports. I got onto the head of uh, Indiegogo and I was friends with him on Facebook and I could see him hours later posting about his bacon sandwiches and all this sort of stuff and I was going <laughs> nuts, you know. But uh, we ended up getting reports then daily from Indiegogo about the failed donations. Um, they gave us a list of emails and so I was able to then, and this went on through the whole campaign and it was a real pain in the neck, uh, contacting all the people who had started to make a donation and then had stopped. And that was bad as well in some ways because some people had <laughs> decided they were going to do it and they went, oh no, actually I'm not going to do it. And then your contact and going hey I thought I saw you there yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so yeah exactly and then other people but it was that was great that they were able to give us those reports but it was a real headache because they didn't seem to be able to handle that kind of traffic um, mm. and we counted it up and we lost in that first day about 10 grand just from that you know so into a black hole like mm. um so so yeah so Indiegogo was good because of that international thing but then in terms of the management of it it just made it so yeah, hard totally you experienced great. that yeah. as well yeah yeah, and you so. went for 30 days, is that right? Yeah, your campaign? 30 days. So we went for 45. <laughs> I don't know if we would ever do that again. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I would anyway. Yeah. Huh? I don't know if I would anyway. Yeah. I was dead um, at 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we had the first day of our launch, we had said in the first 24 hours, we were going to do an exclusive friends and family, male shout only. And the whole idea of that was that by day one, when it had gone public, that there would already be a likeable amount, an attractive amount in the kitty. And we were very lucky. We had Gays, the Gay and Lesbian LGBT Film Festival, team up with us to launch our campaign. So what we did was, as I said, we had been filming for three or four years before the launch, um, and we had someone edit together, I think it was a 10-ish minute promo video, mm -hmm. which we screened at Gays Film Festival. And uh, we brought along some journalists and all of that. So. By a great, by the time our first opening weekend came around, I think it was a Saturday, we officially launched to the public after sending out our family uh, mail shot on the Friday. We already had that nice attractive amount in the kitty by the time the journalists were writing about it, by the time it ended up online. Um, so I think that was a good approach to start it off. Mm -hmm. Um, but actually advised by Frankie as well, like he was talking about earlier. <laughs> Frankie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We had to really consider our timeline. 45 days was a lot and there wasn't a big team of us at all. I was actually lucky that some friends came on board to help out with social media side of things um, and our team kind of grew and grew as the weeks went on. 
Um, but at the very start, we definitely had to consider our timeline, making it last 45 days and keeping it interesting. Mm. And so keeping the, having elements to to release or whatever. Exactly. Or perks to oh, yeah. Exactly. So we withheld some of our perks was one of the things. Um, for example, yeah. I think it was about three weeks into it, we launched a new art print. Or I think it was on our last week, just to get those numbers of contributors up as opposed to get the funds up, we, we uh, launched a new five euro donate only button where it was no perks no strings attached just a five euro button um and with that as well as i said we had all this footage already we got it was actually our office intern who edited together three promotional videos for us so in the first week we launched our first promo video and second i think the third week we launched our second and then the last week we lost our third launched our third promo video and that was showing different snippets of the film as well and again it was to keep it current keep it fresh keep people interested keep that keeping that shareability factor of our campaign current so it wasn't getting outdated or it wasn't getting stale um and certain that certainly helped with the social media side of things frankie i know you were saying facebook wasn't a major one for you mm. yeah. but certainly for us that was on twitter it was getting those shares yeah, it was in our videos it, and yeah. it was in the imagery yeah. That we had <coughs> that we had gathered up that really made yeah. the whole campaign so shareable. Because one of one of the things for us as well, actually, because obviously our film is about panties, so it's about mm. an actual person, character, and you know we had talked about would we involve panty or like was that right to try and get Rory and Panty to be part of the pitch video right. or you know all of that and like obviously because I would have met with I think Aya from Indiegogo at a festival and they would have advised us a little bit on our campaign and they were saying that would really really help, but ultimately we decided we didn't want to. We didn't want to go there. We didn't yeah. want to do that because it's asking a lot. Even subjects of documentaries don't normally ever yeah. get paid. And yeah. we knew we were going to have to do that for the release of the film. So we kind of decided, you know, even though it probably, I think, would have helped generate more, much more revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Panty did the odd retweet and Panty's a massive social following, but we didn't kind of go after trying to, you know, It might have been easy. It, and it might have kind of... Um, it might have changed as well, I think, kind of how people saw the film. If it's like Panty's kind of, if it, is it her baby? Is it yeah. a bed Panty or yeah. is it Panty's mm-hmm. film? Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And that was something we wanted to kind of avoid as well. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah, no, uh, Facebook for me was not the the kind of catalyst that we used to kind of to, to get revenue. Mm-hmm. And that was very specifically, I think you guys have been way more successful at doing it. But really, that was be under kind of advice from other kind of people. Uh, talkers for about crowdfunding that I come across generally a kind of a real conservative rule of thumb is uh, if you've got let's say 10,000 followers on your Facebook which is quite a large number mm-hmm. um, you can guarantee that maybe 1% of those are going to kind of click on whatever you're doing right at any one point or any one time on average so that's about 100 people yeah. and then forgetting from 100 people have clicked on that how many people are going to buy something you can, another conservative yeah. estimate about a, a, like 1% of that. So that's one person for every 10,000 people. Now you're going to hope to get an awful lot more than that from your 10,000. Mm-hmm. But that's being conservative. And they're the kind of numbers that you kind of have the reality of the internet. Sometimes you've got to really deal with. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got an awful lot of followers on Facebook for, for different things. But, you know, do people kind of click into things? A lot of people, how many times have you liked something on Facebook? If you're it's a big so Facebook, and just you never see this thing ever again, do you? <laughs> like, and it's just, it is just how it is. But um, <coughs> so for that very reason, I, I stayed away from Twitter, I think, as well. It can be an incredibly powerful tool. Again, mm-hmm. we didn't go into that one in particular. These guys did. Yeah, yeah but I think Reddit actually um, didn't, like, Reddit was really successful for you because of the preparation that you put into it. But Reddit users I didn't realize are really aware of people, people just who just said it yeah. yeah and I hopped in and went hey yeah. <laughs> you know and they were immediately we were shut down as so we had to we had to do it another day and Frankie was helping with that so that was something and we had Simon there doing and ask me anything a man talking with his eyes about to direct a film and people were interested but just did not get that they didn't I don't think it even impacted on our finance or funding that time yeah so, like Reddit yeah. you need to be very careful because the big thing is you don't sell anything on Reddit, yeah. right? Yeah. So like if, if somebody thinks you're selling something, it's like, no, get out, get out of here. And they're like, they'll judge you very, very quickly. Yeah. So that's why an interesting article that might have a link to your thing, maybe yeah. Yeah. that might be, that, that's a way of sharing. That's something yeah. that can be shared. So yeah. you're not, so you're specifically not sharing. I mean, Kickstarter stuff sometimes does actually kind of work on Reddit, but only if it's like, 
Rocko. ancient videos of Spock and like you know and it's a film <laughs> by his son and he's just like yeah. he's actually talking about Reddit and it's like you know something really kind of cookie like that yeah. but otherwise if you're trying to sell anything it just won't work yeah yeah, yeah. I think it's it's also isn't it the, it's interesting the reason that people fund crowdfunding campaigns like mm. I know ones that I've been kind of drawn to crowdfund and sometimes it can be really about just wanting to help get yeah. the film made or whatever mm. sometimes it can actually be about a bit of a you know like a perk or something yeah, like sure. I know the Joan Didion um, documentary like came on and I was just like oh, you'd be better to sign a book for you like yeah, yeah. I was like take my money you know so it's just like, it's, but it, you yeah. know it is so I think I'm just conscious of time and I'm sure there's probably people with questions or maybe looking for advice in the room as well but I just thought maybe we would kind of try and move on to the thorny issue of perks oh, yeah. because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of you know questions or there can be issues around that mm-hmm. and like particularly the thing of do you offer a digital download of your film and mm-hmm. how do distributors or sales agents you know react mm. to that yeah. and and probably also just around the costs and fulfillment costs mm. and also the hidden fulfillment costs which mm. we learned a lot about mm. which is just time and personnel yeah. and I think by the end of our campaign we had like 934 contributors is that yeah, right 968 968 or something that's a lot of people mm. to um, <laughs> yeah. you know to have yeah. to be engaging with even by email let alone having to send one or two different kind of yeah. um, packages out to mm. so I don't know what your numbers were like and what your thoughts are on the perks yeah um, and actually um yeah, so we, we were trying to cut our costs down and so it was like, everyone will get a DVD, that's easy. And then a po- poster and a, maybe a wallpaper for your computer or whatever. So like it a is digital poster. A digital, yeah, or something yeah. like that or a soundtrack download. But even, and that's all, that's kind of straightforward stuff. And we did a, a charity donation where you'd get a DVD, but two euro ago to IMNDA and, and things like that. And you can see all those on our Indiegogo page. Mm-hmm. But actually, well, and uh, we did ours in uh, December 2013, November, December 2013. And I'm still trying to keep up with what I owe to people and where and where your film is going to be released but I mean it was a year ago when people uh, donated so they're all looking for their DVDs and you don't want to give it out because and we also um, (coughs) promised like a live stream of the first cut of the film and you know before the cast and crew and these are all oh, things like oh god piracy all of a sudden comes into it, you know and your film could be ruined. so that was that was just stuff but actually the big thing that we um realized later was tax uh and vat on your perks and vat on donations and there's no real legislation around it at the moment but of our 119,000 we ended up giving 13,000 to the taxman um, which we didn't realise would happen so <laughs> yeah. and actually yeah. fought it is that based on the amount people donated individually or the overall so we had to break it down so we had we had like from uh, 20 euro donations to 10 grand um, and we had a breakdown we were lucky to be working with Crow Horwith on the film overall and they did a kind of a VAT breakdown for us and what we could be liable for and um so donations over three grand could be eligible for 33% capital acquisitions tax. I wasn't set up, my company wasn't set up as a charity. So it all came back to my company. These people were giving money to my company. And um, so I was liable for VAT. And so there were all these kind of levels of, of VAT. So what we ended up doing was everyone who donated over uh to maybe one or two thousand um, we contacted them all individually and asked them to become private investors and we had to send them out contracts and so that they wouldn't get any VAT on their on their donations or we wouldn't be charged any VAT on their donations and we explained it all to them individually and they were all very uh, because people who gave that amount tended to be either family or people who knew Simon you know um, and so so yes yeah, so they so now they they're getting like a, the equivalent amount percentage amount of what they gave to us in the film so 0.001 whatever percent but they're still going to, I'm going to have that paperwork when we start making our profits eventually if we ever make any profits on our film we'll have to pay them back. and we will have to give them like a euro or whatever those little bits are you know of the producer's net profit um and then everything below that we had to make it because even pe- people so they donated via indiegogo but because of the crash i probably should have said this earlier the crashing P- paypal system i had made a wix website which is like 10 euro a month to keep it going um and put a paypal button on it or a donate here button and or send a check to my address and so for people who can't use the internet they um they were able to do it by an easier route through the website and actually if I was going to do it all again I'd nearly just do it all through my own website um and and uh, maybe just do a better press strategy release throughout internationally with the contacts that I have um but where was I going with that was a 
there is just a, a point. Perks. Perks. The perks. Yeah. yeah. So we gave twenty three percent VAT, then. so everyone else got a DVD that was that was VAT at twenty three percent. So we had to figure out how many contributors we had, and all of that. So yeah, yeah. Did you say that was going to become a policy one of the companies? Net profits. A policy. Yeah, with one of the one of the platforms. Oh, oh yeah, no, that, it's actually been something that's been discussed uh, about in the, the US, platforms. I think there's, yeah. new, there's new legislation now in the US which they see as a huge opportunity for yeah. crowdfunding because now, as far well, I'm not sure if it's come into force yet, mm. but effectively um, people will be able to come, become investors in the film. So it's exactly mm. kind of what you're, you're mm-hmm. talking about and that hopefully that will, they see it as potentially an inducement for more people to... So, like, I think it, that's a nightmare scenario regarding if you are a small-time filmmaker yeah. because... Tracking. Like one of the good qualities of, I mean, uh, I had 750 um, investors, which again is a large amount of people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, like at the moment you have people kind of going, where is this film? Why Mm -hmm. aren't you? And suddenly this pressure suddenly builds up. Um, My investors have always been incredibly understanding about, hey, look, this is what we're doing. We're we're trying our best to do this. And most people are like, hey, that's great because they're, kick-starting you they're trying to give you they understand your position you're in when somebody has a, a stake in the movie that you're involved in mm. you effectively have an executive producer in your hands and executive producers have a say and you have to listen to them and you have to abide by what they're saying it's not somebody who's gifting you it's somebody who's actually will come after you potentially. But, I think, but I think that would all depend on the, the terms contracts. of your investment yeah. agreement absolutely so if yeah. your investment agreement yeah. is Give us the money, thanks very much, and there's yeah. your position in the film, and right. either we'll invite you to the premiere or yeah. you know, whatever it might be. But yeah, you're right to be. You have to be I very think careful. I think that when it comes to gifting and when it comes to your rewards and when it comes to po- possible policies or investors, it, the the simpler the better because even when you have it very simple, it gets really quite complicated. So just factor yeah. it into your rewards or into your overall thing that. <laughs> on a basic level, you in Ireland, you you could be take the VAT of twenty three percent could be taken off all your DVDs because they're kind of like it's like a uh, purchase a that these persons yeah, a sale, yeah. And uh, we thought digital downloads might be thirteen percent, but then actually found out it's twenty three percent across the board. So we had this whole exercise of breaking down, and I hadn't kept track of all the names of the people who sent me checks properly, you know. And you're trying to scramble for that, so just to be really conscious of that when you're starting. That make Excel your best friend. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you get any guidance from revenue beforehand, or you approach? We got guidance from you guys because <laughs> you had been through it before us, mm. and we're actually still because our films kind of just come out. We're still in, we're still in that process of mm. like figuring out exactly what we kind of set aside a figure that we you know use our best judgment on. But um, but yeah, we certainly were talking to you guys. And yeah, your experience. Yeah. yeah. Be careful and, you know, put the money aside and just have it aside. Don't go out spending all that money. Like, you know, it's like the, the story of those basketball players in, in the States and they're 18 and they get a million dollars and they go out and spend a million dollars and then they owe the tax man $400,000 like, because yeah. they didn't understand what tax was, you know. So you kind of, you do have to pay tax always. Yeah, but, but like with advice from the revenue, I, w- I really fought it with them. I gave the whole sob story of Simon mm. and everything and how people were giving their own money and no one realized they'd have to pay VAT and all that sort of stuff. But um, the revenue are ruthless, actually, and you don't want to be. I could have left it actually, and but then down the line, gotten an audit and had to pay twenty grand or something, you know. So, um, I pushed it with them, and they had been fobbing me off, actually, trying to give me things like um promotional items. If you gave a free DVD with a newspaper, um, it's not really necessarily a transaction that's valuable. But that wasn't entirely what I was doing, you know. So I, and then in the end they said, yeah, you're just gonna have to pay some that. So yeah, you know. But certainly, I think you know, it definitely yeah. we did as well as kind of talking to these guys who'd done it before us. We spoke to our own auditor for the project yeah. before we kind of started, just to kind of get a sense of what we would need to estimate against mm. what we would need. To. Does project. anyone have any questions, or do you have your own campaigns that you're thinking about launching, and any specific questions to that? You're talking about you're saying 0.01% of net profits or something like that. Yeah. Do they have direct contact with you? Like, say you have you have 900 something, do they have your email address? Do you... Not mine, but they have the email address. Are they like a regular investor, say, that they'd be, you know, one of the first when you first the
like um, text-based format is kind of sometimes when someone's curt it just sounds so yeah. bad and you know that guy could be a 16 year old guy or could be just like my dad like when he <laughs> texts me it's just so it's just looks so evil and sad you know just you harsh she's a lot of heart <laughs> <laughs> you know so um uh, they do have contact with you obviously through kickstarter so they don't have your personal details but um obviously they have direct contact with you through that and you're obviously going to be checking that and you want to keep these guys happy and mm. let them know what's going on um so like they have no investment as so to speak like you say like a percentage or anything like that i think that's dangerous um but uh, unless you're going to go down that line for example franny armstrong who uh, did um uh, age of stupid uh, the girl that I mentioned, the first one, who's the crowd funny one, that was all percentage based. So I think that's definitely a, like that's definitely a, like a very viable model, and you can make you can it works very very well. Um, but for for the particular kind of Kickstarter that I did, wasn't I, I didn't want that at mm. all. But certainly, I know we had on our campaign, like when we were fulfilling our perks, you know, we sent everything out. And then, you know, started getting these messages that, like, people hadn't received them. And it was only, I guess, at that point that we became aware that there was kind of a problem. And, mm-hmm. like, for you to chase down on post. On post, yeah. yeah. Well, just to kind of answer your question a little bit from our side, one of our perks was a personal thank you email. So we had set up an email address dedicated to this film. So every contributor, all 964, would have gotten an email address to them. Now the administration in retrospect, in retrospect, the administration and the time involved yeah. in it—that's not something we would have offered. 100. That's something I would have done differently. Um, but I guess that was a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, because we had the personal connection with them, mm. if someone hadn't received their perks, at least it was easy for them to come to us and say so. And because, as Katie says, Excel became my best friend, I had a spreadsheet. Like just look up their email address. I would know the status of their perk, what they were due, or whatever it was. So but, much more organized than me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's still going on to this day, unfortunately, where people are getting yeah. touched in. Hey, I haven't got my perk. I've seen the film in cinemas now, and yeah, you know that's really not great to hear from our side because Particularly you said these people are your friends. They yeah. made the film mm. happen. It possibly may not have and wouldn't have got to the screen the way it is today. So yeah, we were lucky in that way to have made a personal connection. But yeah. there was definitely pros and cons to doing it. But the amount of time, I mean, the amount of personnel oh, time that we've kind of dedicated towards it, if you were to add that up, mm-hmm. it would be a massive chunk out of what we raised. Yeah, but yeah. then at the same time, we have had 960 people like tweeting about the yes. film, sharing mm-hmm. it on Facebook, mm-hmm. doing all of that. And that's been, that really is it's an amazing, incredible. Yeah. amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say as well, just uh, like it really, really helps if you understand the process of filmmaking. I know like I certainly didn't at all. Uh, I I had worked in post-production and that's great and I know how stuff works but the actual physical uh, method of how a film is complete was all a big learning curve for me. That's why I wouldn't have said, uh, yeah, for whatever, 10, 10 euros or $10, um, you can be an executive producer of my uh, of my film. <laughs> and then I had like 97 executive producers. You all need a credit. And then suddenly when you actually need and you understand what an executive producer is and why you is need one. Is that one of your perks? Yeah. That was a perk. How much <laughs> you know, you're kind of like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah. So, um, so now I've got crowdfunding executive producers, but I mean, it, everything can be tweaked and it's all fine. But it really does help if you actually know the process. That's yeah. what I'd say. Yeah, yeah. 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 Any other nuggets or things that you feel you should share? Oh yeah, that was then the next bit of painfulness and actually producers ended up uh, reinvesting their fees ultimately to make the film happen so um, I didn't get paid <laughs> uh, properly. I, uh, so that's, that's another thing that can end up happening in filmmaking, won't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it happens. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's to get the film over the line. That ended up. It was a decision last July when we were that much short, and we just said, "Okay, let's do that." So, and we cut some things down then as well. You know. Yeah. So. I have a question. Would the film board or executive if you're looking for other investors, would they? Would it be better to go with them? Like after you've done your crowdfunding or we, I mean, in our campaign, we actually, 
we had had the film board in for development funding and we always knew that we were going to be going back to them because but we started filming in like June 2010 yeah so it took us quite a while before you know like Panticate had happened that we were very we always knew we had something really special but like in terms of actually having narrative hooks mm. that didn't happen for a while and um and so we knew we were going to be going back into the film board. Pantygate had happened by the time we launched our crowdfunding campaign. We kind of knew then we were going to do one. And we were quite strategic, actually, because the film had been around for so long. We were like, I think what we should do is do our crowdfunding so that when we're doing our film board application, we're pretty much at the end of our crowdfunding run. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to go into them going, we've got all these backers, we've raised this money, and it was much harder for them to say no. Yeah. And the other thing was, we kind of always knew we were gonna go to try and get a broadcaster deal, which realistically in Ireland is RTE, but you know, because mm-hmm. of Pantygate, there was definitely sensitivity uh, around that as well. And we kind of wanted to make sure that we brought them in as the last piece, you know, so that they, they you know that I suppose that we were very clear on our editorial line and all the kind of creative mm-hmm. stuff before we were going to them. So, but I do think that there is, there is definitely yeah. some finance, like some you know funders. They're, they're just less familiar with it here as a way of funding. Mm-hmm. Like in in the states in particular, it's like you know so many of things. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, even big movies are are using crowdfunding just to build audiences. Actually, I think yeah. in the states more than finance. But yeah. we've actually had. Um, like any press that we've had we've had we struggled with it every press release we put out we put in irish film board uh, bai section 481 and all that but the sexy thing is the crowdfunding campaign and so we've had a lot of press just focusing film funded by crowdfunding and you know it's like yeah. and, and that's not not that's not right so in some of our more recent press releases we just haven't mentioned the crowdfunding you know so it's there is a tricky balance mm-hmm. yeah for me i, I was advised to go <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to give you money, so you may as well try something else. And then <laughs> I did that's what I did, and that worked. And then actually, that's kind of how, like yes. you, like how we met. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I think you should try everywhere first before you, you, you try crowdfunding. Like as in, as in, mm-hmm. try and get your project to as far as possible as you can go, as you can get it to possibly, and then I'm kind of try and sell crowdfunding as a thing to your investors <coughs> as yeah. something that's a kind of this is going to be good we're going to get like audience engagement mm. is like the huge is the biggest thing yes and yeah. you're going to get like not only going to get audience engagement but you're going to get a type of audience that isn't just your regular consumer yeah. it's somebody who's going to invest their time and effort they're sharing into it and possibly even sequels or materials yeah. there's, there's all sorts of benefits that an awful lot of kind of investors would see yeah. so depending on your project mm. and the kind of the type of project it is, you know, it could be something that you're selling a kind of a transformer or whatever, and it could have knock-on effects. That's the kind of consumer you want. So I think getting, personally, I think you should get your project as far as possible before you even consider doing crowdfunding. Yeah, for the crowdfunding, having the Irish Film Board, we had James Hickey give a quote during the crowdfunding campaign saying, I support this project and stuff. So actually gave legitimacy to Simon on his talent mm. and, yeah. you know, and then when we were in Cannes Film Festival trying to, after the crowdfunding campaign, trying to get sales agents and distributors to be able to turn to our crowdfunding and say, we've got 5,000 followers, you know, this is uh, like something that has an mm. audience. People were impressed by that as well. Um, so yeah. So for all of you, would you do it again? And what's the biggest thing you do differently? Go first. <laughs> yeah. Like, like 100%. Like, like, I think you, there's no way you can say you wouldn't do it because it's a really effective, good way of making, um, of getting a project off the ground. And it's it's different. It's thinking outside the box office. You've got to, you're doing it yourself and it's just something to be said. The feeling that you do when you're doing it is something, it's brilliant. It's such mm-hmm. a, it's a really good experience. Yeah, yeah, like, mm-hmm. you know, that you really feel that like you're doing something that's good and worthwhile. Yeah. That um, it, it sometimes I think the world outside of kind of crowdfunding when it can be quite cold. You're dealing with an awful lot of meetings with great people who are just <laughs> going no, or you know, <laughs> and that can be hard, and that can be really demoralizing. So this is a really good kind of push. It's um, the the things that I I mean, it, it is also very scary, and the kind of the thought of failure is bad. But you're mm-hmm. you know, the thought of failure of everything is bad. Yeah, you can't absolutely. live like that. So. But the thing I would do differently is to totally prepare like a year in advance, like really, really, really think hard about it and really and be prepared to lose. But like, yeah, absolutely do it again. Yeah. And you? Um, I w- I'm actually thinking of doing a similar thing now for my distribution plan for the film, because um, there's a traditional distribution where everyone 
as you know cinemas and things like that these days uh, but because of piracy I just think we kind of need to be thinking a bit bigger and um, I think the actual the setup of the crowdfunding platform is really interesting in terms of how, how you can potentially distribute your film with rewards or cinema tickets with rewards and you know using it as a place to sell your film potentially so that's something I'm thinking about uh, developing in some way for distribution of the film itself and also because we need money to distribute the film so I was thinking of uh, potentially doing another one again but, but I've yeah. seen a lot of campaigns yeah. that, like they might you know do an initial campaign and then go back and do something mm-hmm. for finishing if they've yeah. gotten into a festival but then the same thing like PNA support if, yeah. they, if they're trying to kind of get the film released so yes. that's the thing yeah. you have built this crowd of people who yeah. want to help you so you can but I have to say if I was just funding a story of a teenage girl going across Ireland you know to find her father it would have been so much harder yeah. you know mm-hmm. so um so yeah, I, if I was doing it again, I'd have to really think about what is so unique about this. Why would people want to give their money to this? Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't. This is supposed to be a warts and all crowdfunding <laughs> campaign. I think if I was to do it differently, I think the importance of having a team around you. And we yeah. were very lucky. We had two producers and a director that were fully on board. But it still can be a very lonely experience. And I mean, I think it was just coincidence. But at the time blinders offices had gotten robbed so I ended up basically working from home for a lot of it so it became a very very lonely couple of weeks and that probably sounds a bit silly but to keep your own motivation up and to keep your own enthusiasm into the campaign can be really really challenging and looking you know if you're a week into it and you have another five weeks ahead of you Mm. it can be pretty hard but with that said it feels amazing when you do get the response Mm. that you're looking for Mm. um I know for me personally some of the highlights of the whole campaign was just I think we might have had 10 or 15 crowdfunders that would just totally have my back every time. I had mm. never met any, any of these people, but you feel like you get to know them mm. on the internet like you really do. <laughs> yeah. They'll retweet everything you say and that you know that they're sharing you know, your emails that you're sending to them. So that's the thing that makes it feel amazing. As someone but, who would put money in literally every week. Yeah, we had page, a couple like of people that just put in, yeah, yeah, they'd be like, here's that's another tenner just to get your numbers up or whatever it is. Yeah. So. I mean, stuff like that feels amazing, and of course, when you when you when you hit your target, it's incredible. And now to see, I mean, I know it was quite attractive for Universal when they came on board as distributors that we already had that you know social media engagement or whatever. But just for myself personally, it would be having a bigger team. But then maybe with that said, you probably need a bigger budget to get a bigger team. Yeah. So it's a bit of a catch twenty two. Yeah. But there's just for us and probably the way I approach the management of it, just the. I personally had underestimated the administrative time involved in the campaign. Um, so I think I mean, for me, I think it would be either which way, just limiting it to 30 days. Like yeah, not yeah to 40 exactly. Because that, that was a killer, those yeah. extra two weeks. And I think as well, just thinking really, really carefully about the perks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That they're, yeah. They're Simple. Big lessons I mean, for me. One thing in particular, and I would say I wouldn't do t-shirts again. Mm. Because, I mean, you have 960 people. Some want a small, some yeah. want a large, some want a pencil with their medium t-shirt. And it's to get all those envelopes together is just <laughs> a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Any, any final questions before we finish up? Yeah. Sorry about that. Have you found that, that that's a disadvantage at all? Like for sales agents or distributors, have they kind of, just like you said, you didn't get funding, so you chose crowdfunding. But has anyone looked negatively on that? If that makes sense. That yeah, it does. Funding, it, so definitely, it definitely has. I mean, certainly, but that's kind of where I raised the digital download question because I think that's really something that some distributors or sales agents can be really concerned about and mm. I was it was the same because obviously Universal they're a big studio like for them that it could have been a major issue it could have even been a deal breaker right. that we had crowdfunding and that we'd already mm. you know we'd already kind of committed this to a certain number of people and it was a hefty enough number of people but actually I suppose they did see the value in the fact that we did have this kind of army you yeah. know army of supporters already and they were actually really great with me I and mean, the one thing was because normally in a film's lifespan you would finish it, then premiere in a festival yeah. or festivals, and then you would release the film. But because I suppose we were so conscious of what had happened this year and how, you know, just people wanted to kind of relive that experience that we were very like clear on, we need to get this film in cinemas mm. and have it out for DVD for Christmas in Ireland. So we've kind of done a really weirdly roundabout, mm. you know, we haven't premiered in a festival at all, and yet we've still released here. And so we had promised and we have promised our uh, crowdfunders a digital download as a perk 
but we were um, like we can't actually give them the digital download mm. yet because we need to go to festivals if that ends up online anywhere that mm-hmm. would just disqualify us and you have to be really careful about that stuff mm. so what we've done instead is um, we managed to actually get a number of um, DVDs from Universal so if people really really want it that's what we can do is provide them one of those or a, st- a really secure streaming link in the meantime mm. and they'll get their digital download at a later date and every, everyone's been really happy with that mm-hmm. I think they just want mm-hmm. to see the film and again um, like the people actually appreciated the honesty of us being like yeah. hey there's actually stipulations because of distributors mm, yeah here's a secure mm. link or yeah for yeah. the people that really really wanted it we sent a dvd and people actually really appreciated yeah the yeah transparency so i think it's about that. being really clear but I, um, and I think being really upfront when you're talking to distributors or sales agents that like we already have this mm-hmm. you know by the way you know we've done a crowdfunding and ultimately you have to say look the film wouldn't have happened without them I mean for us the other big thing yeah. about the crowdfunding was it was a total lifesaver for us in yes. terms of financing and being able to continue to shoot because mm-hmm. we had cash flow like we didn't close the finance on our film I think until we were at rough cut stage mm-hmm. so the whole thing that got us through all the shooting all the ballon road yeah. the marriage equality all of that stuff was the fact that we had this crowdfunder money and we were able to genuinely be emailing our crowdfunders mm. and go, we were out shooting and here's some pictures and thanks a million because that was the truth, mm. you know, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have been able to kind of do so much of that without. Yeah, cash flow was for us as well yeah. as soon as we started production because usually your first day of principal photography you get a certain amount of money and having it there was yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just back to the broadcast, do you think do you think some of the other broadcasters would be more receptive to it than is it RT maybe a little bit more shaky on it because they're the national broadcaster or is it a broadcaster? I'm trying to think of examples of um, of films that have been have gone through the process. Jeannie Finlay's in the UK certainly. Mm. Um, Jeannie Finlay has done she she her campaigns are worth a look as well. Sounded out was one, and then okay. also Orion the movie, and she's worked a lot with BBC Storyville. Right, and I know there hasn't been. Issues there. Yeah, I think that that one on Hunter S. Thompson was, um, was uh, what was it called? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But that was also Storyville, um, and I think the the Bigfoot one I think was well was crowdfunded, um, and that again was in her Storyville. I think like um, I forget his name, like the story, Mr. Storyville guy. Yes, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't but I think regarding I think like well RTE I think are probably not game. Well, they I mean as I said they were for us. I really think yeah. if they want your project bad that's enough, it. if they love it enough, they will. Mm. You'll figure out a way. Like yeah. I just think that that's the absolutely that's the reality. All right. Well, I think that is it. Listen, thank you so much all for coming, and mm. I want to really thank our panelists, <laughs> thank Lisa you, Kelly, Catherine Kennedy, and. Thank you. Until the next time, thank you for listening. For more content and information, please visit our website at wft.ie.